0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Up. First, I did miss last week, and I'm so sorry. I don't want this to become a pattern, but sometimes, especially in the summer, my schedule feels so chaotic and clustered that I have to prioritize other things before the podcast. And that just ended up happening because I had a really big last couple of weeks. We'll talk about it this week on the pod. Um, But just very out of my normal routine type of things, like um, I had a birthday, so now I'm older. I'm 28, but that was, it was really fun, but you know, I took some days off of work to celebrate with my partner, friends, and family, and then um, I'm sure it's in the title somewhere, but I also went to the Ares tour, which was absolutely unbelievable, iconic, amazing, best night of my life. And um, I just think in, in general, summer tends to be busy. So I do my best to prioritize the podcast. But because this is something that requires like three hours out of my day of focused time where I can chit chat with you, sometimes it just doesn't really work in my schedule to have the ability to do so. I was going to film or I'm so used to say to saying filming, but I was going to record last week's podcast episode Thursday. Like I had the whole day scheduled, I figured it out, and I ended up having kind of like a mental health day where I just could not sit down with a microphone and energetically like chat with you, which is the other thing too with podcasting. I feel like it's one of those work types of work where I have to make sure that I'm doing my best and feeling my best to provide the best content. Otherwise, it will it just will not be worth anybody's time. And I don't know necessarily sometimes oh gosh, how do I say this? Um I don't know how to have a consistent stable schedule and consistent stable um mindset. Not saying that it's inconsistent and unstable necessarily, but it's really hard for me to stick to a solid routine because after a week or a month in that routine, I fall out of it or I burn out or something in my schedule will shift and I'll have to shift whatever routine I've fallen into and I do want to chat And have a whole episode based on, you know, like structured habits in a well oiled routine or, you know, things that have helped me break bad habits or get into this good routine because, you know, the layouts are all there. Like, I know what I have to do, I know the tricks. We all do, right? Like, plug your phone in across from your bedroom so that in the morning you have to get up to turn off your alarm and then you're up. Um, am I going to do that, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to be on TikTok in my bed um, until I fall asleep. So I know there are strategies and things that you do to help improve your everyday routine, your life, your schedule, um, your sleep, but it's that accountability as well where you just have to decide to actually make the change. and. What I love about my my life is I have a lot of control with how I structure my schedule. And naturally, since I was in the womb, and I've heard stories, naturally, I am just a straight up night owl. I will be up all night. No part of me wants to sleep from when I was a baby to today. I don't know what it is, but as soon as it's midnight, 1 AM, I could be tired, but I don't want to go to sleep. And I get very, very productive. That was Marnie sneezing. Oh my god. Both cats are sleeping next to me. Um, yeah, I get super productive. I come alive at night. I want to get things done. I have the best ideas in the night. So part of me, bless you, girlfriend. She is sneezy. Oh, I don't even know if the mic is picking it up well, but my cat is sniffly. <laughs> She's being really cute though. She's cuddling Luna. Oh, are we done? Luna looks so annoyed that Marnie's sneezing in her face. <laughs> okay. Anyway, frick, I lost my whole sentence and what I was saying, but um oh, okay, part of me I don't know what's better because part of me thinks, you know, if I naturally want to work in the evenings and this is just my most productive time and I do better at night, part of me is wondering like, okay, maybe I should just feed into this and stay awake until 3 a.m. every single night because that's... I guess, what my body wants to do. But then the other part of me knows how important it is to get on a good sleep schedule, understands that I will get more done if I wake up at 8 a.m. versus 11 a.m. And, you know, two summers ago when I was in the process of renovating the house that I bought and like that summer, it was it went by so fast. It was so fun. It was such a big milestone core memory of my life. But I was so exhausted because I was up at 6 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m. every single day. I had to let my contractors, painters, floor, whatever team was here. Some days I'd have to be at this house at 7 a.m. And this was before I moved in, so I was commuting. And then you know, I'd have to end the day, come back around 4, 5, 6 p.m. Naturally, I stay up late, so I was not sleeping much at all that summer. I lived off of La Colombe iced coffee, like those cans. Oh my God. Could not have done it without them. But um, that summer got me on a really good s- schedule because I naturally, by August, started waking up at 7 a.m. some days without an alarm, feeling alert and ready for the day. And I learned so quickly that, like, huh you actually do get more done when you're up early. I had like a whole hour from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. where I could read and journal and make out a to-do list. And I found a way to not even open social media yet because it was so early. And I had time for yoga and to actually eat like a healthy breakfast before um, eating like a regular timed lunch. And it was working so well. I finally had like cracked the code figured it out like it took all summer but i finally got my body to like be on this healthy schedule that it hasn't been in since honestly high school but back in high school i was pulling all-nighters and you know doing things that now i would be absolutely dead the next day but because i had like a teenage body and like adrenaline or whatever, like it just didn't even bother me. And the next day I would be completely fine. But, um, yeah, I got into this like really good schedule two summers ago that slowly like shifted away. Um, honestly, because I started seeing my partner today, Ashton, and it was no longer like my own schedule. I was like sharing a schedule with someone and the reason I bring all of this up is because the other part of me would love to somehow get back to that early morning routine. I just don't even know. I mean, I know how. I just have to like bite the bullet and do it. But I've done it. I've set my alarms before, but then I wake up and feel like death. And so then I wonder, is it better for me just to sleep in? Honestly, no one really cares about this. I don't know how I got onto this tangent, but um, what I'm trying to say is... I have a lot of control with setting up my own schedule luckily and I go back and forth between trying to transition my schedule into what is kind of traditionally like a healthy productive schedule that we all kind of like see promoted on social media or in self-help books or if I should stick to like my body's natural wants and needs of being completely nocturnal. But I guess at the end of the day, all that really matters is if I'm getting what I need to get done, done. And for the most part, I am. I record the podcast episodes usually at like 1 a.m. I edit all night. I'll clean in the evenings. Um, You know, it works until it doesn't. So I just think uh, if I don't have the best mental health day, unfortunately, the podcast is like the first thing to go because... It can be really challenging to talk to yourself alone for an hour and a half um, with nobody to like bounce a conversation with. I don't know. I I'm, I i am don't want this to sound like I'm complaining. I'm just because I'm not. And I'm doing the podcast because I'm so passionate about it. And I don't even really know why I feel the need to explain why I missed a week. I just feel so guilty about not... Being consistent, because consistency is something that I r- find really crucial and important to do, and if I let myself down, I'm hard on myself, and I guess I'm just trying to validate why last week was a bust. But I did want to post, and I planned on it, um, but then I had a little Menti B, and I ran out of days, and then... Um, Did I miss two weeks in a row? There's no way. Did I? Now I'm checking because June has genuinely flown by so fast. And I am not even, I feel like I didn't, but okay, I published last, no, I didn't because I published the last one the day before my birthday, which we shall get into. If I haven't said it yet, this episode honestly might just be a really big recap of everything that has been going on the last two weeks and then a taylor swift recap of the eras tour it's just it's gonna be a facetime it's gonna be catching up on facetime with a friend that is this episode because i have a lot to catch up on and i just want to chat so welcome to today's podcast episode um why don't we just dive right in with where we left off with the last episode? So I guess the last episode went up the day before my 20th birthday. So weekend or week to week recap starts there. But on June 17th, I turned 28 years old, which is weird. And I'm starting to get to the point in my life where my mind doesn't really align with my physical age anymore. Like I don't really feel how old I am. But beyond the point, um, I had a really nice kind of like low key birthday. So on my actual birthday, which fell on Saturday this year, um, Ashton and I went to the Stone Arch Bridge Festival. They had like their art festival. Uh, this was my second or third time going because it does always fall on my birthday weekend, so it doesn't always work out. But I thought it would be really fun. Such a classic like Minneapolis summer event to go to it's again just one of the larger art festivals. I feel like I talk a lot about art festivals on my podcasts, like weekly updates, but they're so fun to go to, and it is totally like Minneapolis art festival season right now. So we went to the Sunarch Bridge one, and Ashton and I both got these tiny little ceramic vases that you can put like a plant in. Um, Super cute. So many fun um, vendors. There was even a small section of like vintage cars for like a very, very tiny car show portion, which was so cool to see like these really old, early like 1920s, 1930s, 1950s cars um, in like pristine condition condition. And then after the Stoners Bridge Festival, we went paddleboarding around the lakes, which is one of my favorite things to do in the summer here in Minneapolis. I love paddleboarding. Where, you know, in high school, my friends and I called it supping. I don't know if we thought we were just cool or if that's what people also call it. Um, but it stands for stand up paddleboarding. Um, it's honestly such a fun workout. I feel so free out there on the water, and I haven't gone in a couple of summers. It can be kind of pricey to rent a paddle board. I think for all day, it's almost like $75. Otherwise, it's like 18 no, $22 for one hour. Um, and then renting a locker, it's a lot if you're renting a board. I've always wanted to buy a paddleboard, and like every single summer, I'm so close to biting the bullet, and then I never actually do it. It's a very spendy purchase. So I just never felt justified enough to do that. But I do know that it would pay itself back after like one summer. I would definitely be out on the lakes as many days as I could paddle boarding. There's something so freeing freeing about it. Um, Highly recommend if you've never done it, give it a try. It was Ashton's first time, and he had a blast. And we saw so many animals. I saw two turtles swim right underneath my board. I kind of spooked them by accident, but um, they were really cute. We saw an otter swimming by. We saw either a heron or an egret egret bird. Um, we saw some frogs, tons of lily pads. It was so beautiful. We just went kind of around the chain of lakes in Minneapolis, like Maka Ska to Isles to Cedar and back. Um, my favorite thing to do in high school when my friends and I would go paddleboarding is we would all paddleboard out to like the middle of Lake of the Isles and then put the oars. Some of the paddleboards had like handles on them, so we would put our oars in between the handles or over the straps of the paddleboards and kind of make like a big dock out of our boards and just lay there and talk and like giggle and suntan and let our paddleboards just float us through the lakes and then we would jump off and go swimming in the middle of the lake and it just i think being out on the water now makes me super nostalgic for my actual teenage summers and it just like i don't know it ma- it's bittersweet it hurts my heart a little bit it makes me very wistful and nostalgic but it's a s- it's like a, a bittersweet feeling, I guess, because those summers are starting to be so far away. Um, but I found a way to kind of keep it close to my heart and feel like I don't know. There's something about water. I heard a quote um, a couple months ago, maybe a year ago. I'm forgetting now, but um, basically the concept of how water holds memory and water doesn't forget and when I'm in the same water that I have been in like years prior I think of that so like being out on the lakes now like in my mind the water remembers me and it remembers like years past or I don't know it's I'm getting a little too spiritual but basically paddle boarding was all I wanted to do for my birthday and I tried to go last year but the weather was not ideal so we weren't able to so it was really, really fun. We went back to Ashton's, cleaned up a bit because I jumped in the lake. So I wanted to take a quick shower and get ready for dinner. We went downtown to Oceanair. Again, a restaurant that I'd always wanted to go to, but never really felt um, there was never like a good opportunity because Oceanair is a very pricey seafood restaurant. So it's never like a place that we would just randomly like want to go to on a Saturday night. It was our first time there. Um, really enjoyed it. They had this baked Alaska dessert that they brought out for my birthday, and it comes out, like, on fire. Um, It's, like, meringue on top, and they set it on fire, and and there's, like, ice cream inside, I think. Am I forgetting something? It might have been creme brulee, too. I don't know, Um, but it was delicious. Had probably, like, the perfect birthday. I'm definitely someone that grew up always crying on their birthday not out of like being a brat just like feeling so many feelings and being so overwhelmed with today is really special that i end up kind of sad and i guess i still get sad on my birthday cuz it puts me into a really uh nostalgic place this year i i don't know why i did this to myself but i ended up thinking about who has spent the longest consecutive birthdays with me, you know, because, like, Ashton was with me this year and last year or, like, my family or friends. And I realized that it was, like, probably my best friend growing up um, from, like, 10th grade through college years or longer. And I realized that she had spent seven consecutive years with me on my birthday. And that made me cry because... um you know like friends just grow up and grow apart and she no longer celebrates my birthday with me and it just I don't know that's what I mean where I just get nostalgic and wistful around my birthday because I'm thinking about all these years past and it's just a lot of big heavy thoughts I guess so I definitely did have a slight sad girl moment just thinking about my younger years my teenage years my 20s and I probably needed that time to kind of say goodbye to parts of my 20s as I enter these final years, which hurts to think about. And I know that aging is a gift and growing old is a blessing and, um, you know, the best years are yet to come or whatever. But I really, really loved my 20s. And there were so many times where I would be like dancing in my tiny apartment at like 2 a.m. with... Ice cream or like a glass of wine, or just being somewhere and thinking, This is my 20s, or like this is summer at 23. And I miss that time in my life, but you know, I never, I don't want to go back to it. But there's part of me that like really fully embraced it and understands how different things are now. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I guess my 20s just went by so much faster than I thought. And I'm only 28, so I know I still have two more years. But if I really think about it, that's only 48 months. So I am having kind of a 20s crisis because I've had such a blast and I am terrified of my 30s. I know everyone's like, oh, 30s are so great. That's when you really have fun. But like, is it? because the 30s to me seem terrifying and old and middle-aged and not middle-aged like 40s and 50s because if you are in your 30s i'm sure you would be hurt by me saying that i mean like you're not you don't have the excuse of like being young and foolish in a sense you know like on all the tiktok trends when it's the caption is something like, oh, I'm just a teenage girl, only 26 years old. Like, once you're in your 30s, I feel like you're supposed to know shit more um, and just kind of, like, be responsible. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure 30s will come with grace, but I'm not ready. And this year just kind of, like, turning 28 this year on my birthday just really made me think about a lot of things in terms of age. And I know it doesn't really matter, but I just completely was overthinking it and just realizing how fast it goes because I genuinely cannot believe that 18 was 10 years ago. I still feel like a teenager and, well, in some ways. I guess I feel like a young 20s in most ways, but I don't know how that was 10 years ago because I don't... I guess I just don't feel my current age. But like it's crazy to think that 10 years ago for my birthday, it looked so different. Like here I am sitting down telling you how my birthday was perfect because I like swam at the lake and went paddle boarding and just spent it with my partner. 10 years ago, I had a I had a house party. <laughs> And I remember feeling so 18. I felt like super, like, this is it type of, like, like teenage, legal, 18, house party. Not Project X because it was nowhere near that, but it was from that era of, like, Pursuit of Happiness, that song. Project X, um, the movie Pitch Perfect. Like, it was from this early 2013... 2014, was it 2014 or 2013? I think it was 2013 era. It was 2013. Um, and having like this huge house party, I remember being like, I made it. I'm here. I'm 18, and this is the coolest thing in the world. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just like when I think of turning 18, I just remember UV blue First of all, UV blue and lemonade, which I think UV blue is like the most early 2012, 2014 thing you could be drinking, Um, squeezing into a hot tub with like a third of my grade and random people from my high school it was a really good summer night it kind of felt like a hurrah in a way like i know we had some like other parties like with grad parties and more our senior year because this was before senior year but this was probably the most comfortable party i felt at because well it was mine but everyone there i felt very i don't know i didn't have social anxiety in high school yet so it was a great time to be alive (laughs) i remember too like just I don't even know where I slept that night. I just remember like waking up and walking around and seeing who ended up staying over or like finding people randomly sleeping in different rooms and then we went out to get bagels and coffee and didn't have a priority or obligation in the world because being a teenager in summertime is honestly what I strive to be like now with like trying to find passive forms of income because. I was still working as a teenager, but I was mostly just babysitting on weekends or dog sitting, dog walking. My hours, again, were so flexible that just waking up and having no obligations, it's part of what makes summer feel so good. Um, Yeah, so my 18th birthday and my 28th birthday those are like two different people. And it's crazy because now I'm wondering what my 38th birthday will think or will look like. And I don't even want to think about that because if I'm stressing over turning 28, I cannot even imagine turning 20 or 38. Um, But the next day is actually Father's Day after my birthday. Some years uh, it falls on Father's Day. Like next year, I believe my birthday will fall on Father's Day. But this year, It was the day after, so Ashton and I just went over to my parents' place for kind of like a combo dinner celebration of Father's Day and my birthday, classic cookout, grill, summer family time. Um, We had like vegetable kebabs for me, and I don't even know what type of meat for everybody else, but grilled corn on the cob, salad, all the good stuff. Uh, My grandparents came, Ashton got to meet them. It was really fun and wholesome family time, so it was really nice. And then I I don't know if anyone even like cares about this or is curious. I just have notes about like my what to talk about before I record these, and I wrote down some of the things, the gifts that I got for my birthday. Um so I guess if you're curious, I know it's not about the gifts and this is not like an important part at all, but this year for my 20th birthday, from my family, from my parents, I got a new skincare fridge that I requested because mine broke. Um, and I was talking to my friend about this the other night. But we were saying how it's funny because there are certain purchases that are necessary that we just refuse to buy ourselves or feel like we should or need to. I think we were talking about something she needs in the kitchen, like uh, some sort of like cutter. But she doesn't want to buy it. And I was telling her how like my skincare fridge broke in October. They're like $35 on Amazon. But I just had no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't justify the purchase. And I had no desire to want to buy it. So I just kind of held off and then asked for it for my birthday. Um, So thank you, mom and dad, for my new skincare fridge. I just had my old one for like years. I think it just finally gave out, but such a lifesaver. I store so many products in there, and it just feels so good on your skin when it's nice and cool and helps with deep puffiness and all of that. And it helps keep my bathroom look cleaner um, and less products all over my countertops, which is always awesome. I also got um, this like waterproof phone case wristlet necklace thing that I want to use for paddle boarding purposes or just being on a boat or on the lake where you can like, I don't mean to mansplain this, but in case, I genuinely didn't really know that this thing existed till this year. So if you already know, sorry for over explaining it, but it's basically like a waterproof phone case on a floating wristlet device. So like if it falls into the water, the case will float. So you don't lose your phone. Um, It won't sink to the bottom of the lake and it won't cause any water damage. I've always wanted to take pictures paddle boarding, but I never feel safe bringing my phone because it's such a risk. So I usually just leave it at the shore, but now I'll be able to. So I'm really excited. And that also, it's so funny because I asked for that thinking like, okay, like I just have to buy paddle boards and then I'll have everything I need. I don't even own paddle boards yet, but when I do, I am ready. But besides that, I know the case will come in handy for just boating or anything else. I want to go on a boat this summer so badly. I need to start manifesting that. Every single summer, part of me is like, should I buy a boat? Should I somehow obtain a boat? Should we rent a boat? And I haven't been on a boat in years. And again, that is such a fun, freeing feeling. Um, When I think about it, though, I'm pretty sure people in my family own a boat. I'm just not close to them. Or I know Ashton's dad has a boat, but we haven't been on it yet. I don't have any like anybody else in my life, really, I don't think that has a boat. But um, I would love to get out on the water sometime this summer. So if you're listening and have a boat, hit me up. (laughs) Um, I also got a Taylor Jenkins read book from my mom called Maybe in Another Life. Not really sure what it's about or if it's good or not. I just know that I love Taylor Jenkins read and I love reading her novels in the summer. There is something about reading fiction in the summertime to me where it just feels right. I'll read the more educational memoir, self-improvement type, nonfiction type of books throughout the year, but as soon as summer hits and I'm at the pool, at the lake, in my hammock, on my balcony, as soon as I'm reading outside, I want to read something light and fictional. Um, and you know, sometimes I want to read something bad, like Colleen Hoover bad, as like a, a palate cleanser, when I just need to not think at all. Um, and I guess those are my thoughts on Colleen Hoover. Like, I know her books are awful, but I will admit that I did purchase one recently um, to have as a nice palate cleanser this summer for the days when I I am just looking to read something that takes zero um, brain energy. I don't remember the name of the one I bought. It's like a lesser known one. It's not November 9th. It's not It Starts With Us or It Ends With Us. It's not Ugly Love. It's not um, Layla or Reminders of Him. Gosh, I have no idea. Well, if I ever read it this summer, I guess you'll just find out then. Um, But yeah, I got Maybe in Another Life, which I think will be good. Um, and then I also got a new diffuser for my essential oils because mine broke and it was like a last minute type of thing where I just asked my mom for one. Um, so thank you, mom for my birthday gifts. I love them. And then my brother also made me the cutest mushroom clay um, like creations. and out of this like low in the dark clay, I told him earlier how much I love mushrooms if he wants to like run with that because he loves to create um gifts for people like crafty she's he's pretty good at it too so i got this little mushroom keychain, which is super cute i got a lot of little mushroom plant pot like decor things that you stick into the soil and plant pots so now i have all these glow-in-the-dark mushrooms i have a wall um it's like a thumbtack in the clay but you stick it to the wall and it's like glow-in-the-dark mushrooms like a nightlight He's really sweet. And then he also made me these little like alien creatures, and he wrote a letter saying how they like protect you. Um, so that was really nice as well. Um, and then from Ashton, I mean, well, <laughs> I got basically the whole day um, was I felt like a birthday gift, just going to the art festival and paddle boarding and getting a little ceramic pottery piece at the festival, ocean air was definitely part of a gift, but um, he also gave me a rock tumbler, which we are currently using to tumble rocks. It's so much fun. It's something that he and I both have always kind of been like, oh, we should get one and like start tumbling our own rocks because we love fossils and crystals and rocks. So I have a rock tumbler going upstairs right now. We're on week two. It was really fun the other day kind of um, taking the rocks out of the, the granite sludge that it was in, rinsing them, and seeing the process already. Ashton is so like meticulous and organized too that he laid out all of his rocks and took another photo. He's taking photos of his rocks in between every single cycle. Me not so much. I took a picture of them in a pile before sticking them in, but I just did not have the effort to do that. But we'll see. Um, so two more weeks, three more weeks, and then they should be done. I'll probably post it on my Instagram story if they turn out cool, but we went to Minnehaha like the day after Father's Day to collect some good raw type of stones to tumble, and we'll see what happens, but he also got me tickets to my favorite band, Yoke Lore. They're coming here in August. I'm so excited um, for that show. Yokelure got me through a very hard time two summers ago. It was all I was listening to on repeat. Um, yeah, that music is like a hug in my heart. So I cannot wait to see them live. It's going to be a really fun show. Um, but speaking of shows, should we talk about Taylor Swift? Or sh- uh, I'm going to save it, actually, because I know that only a selection of you guys probably want to hear about it, um, and I don't want to deter any listeners. Plus, I still have a few things left on my weekly recap to chat about. Um, But that was my birthday weekend. Had a blast. Pretty simple, laid back, but honestly just perfect and everything that I kind of wanted. Just time with Ashton and my family and doing things that I love to do in summer because I'm very biased, but June is the best month ever for so many reasons. Summer solstice, pride, just the start of summer, and there's just this, like, June feeling, especially when I used to go to VidCon, too, it, and Disney. Like, June was this, like, really, really busy, fun time where I had so much to look forward to. So I don't know. It still feels a little bit magical. It feels like a Christmas morning, but, like, the summer version, I guess. Um But when I was thinking back on my 20s and my time... Um, I don't know if it's probably healthy for me to be thinking this much about the past, but like I said, my birthday just kind of brought out a lot of nostalgic, wistful feelings where I was thinking back on being 21 or 23 or even 27. I started to realize, um, and this has got to be numerology somehow, not to jinx it. I don't really believe it, but I'm just based off of like the last years, I guess, um, And I would love to know if this is relatable, if anybody else feels this way or has experienced it. I sort of think that I have a better year when I am an odd number, when I'm 17 or 23 or 27. And bad things happen to me when I'm an even age, 16, 18, 22, 24, 28, 26, you know, and and that also scares me because I loved being 27. 27 felt like the perfect number for me. I really felt 27 too when I turned 27 and the whole year it was like 27 is great. Turning 28, I don't feel 28. I don't like the way the number looks or feels. And I know that's like, I don't know how to explain that, but it's just in my mind. Like for me, 17 is my lucky number perfect number, angel number, being 17 years old felt magical in every single way. But when I think back, like 21 was so fun. I love being 21. 23 was a really good year for me. Um, I got the apartment that I was in for like three or four years. I got Luna. I got a job that I really loved and it just put me on like such a good path. 25, I bought this house. I came out like I had such a big 25th year of so many good things and 27 was pretty amazing too consistently stability wise um I guess I did I meet I met Ashton when I was 25 I don't know why my brain thought I met him at 27 for a second because he was literally with me on my 27th birthday either way I cannot complain for twenty seven. I hit like a hundred k on YouTube. I had a lot of big milestones hit. Um, I'm at a really good place in my relationship, and just life feels very solid right now. Anything that didn't feel solid in my life happened not at those ages, and I don't really want to highlight anything. But like, I had a really really hard, challenging twenty six year. Um, twenty four was not that much fun either. Um, like. The restaurant I worked at shut down, and life was there's always a lot of change, I guess, with even ages, which terrifies me because I don't want any of that to happen when I turn 28. Well, I am 28, but I don't want a shift or a change. And I know change is good, but I'm just a little scared based on what has happened during my even ages in the past. And maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it has nothing to do with my age at all. But numerology people, feel free to chime in if you have any wisdom here. Because I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little terrified of that. And it cannot be, like I know it's real because I've seen it happen with 23, 25, 27, 17 even, 19. Yeah. I don't know, just some food for thought because I was thinking about that around my birthday. Um, but I don't want to go into it with like a negative mindset. Like, I'm not sitting over here thinking 28 is going to suck because it's an even number and bad things happen when I'm even ages. But um, it just makes me a little weary almost. I'm not sure. I really don't know how to explain that beyond this, the fact that I just feel better when I'm an odd age. And I would love to know if anybody else can relate to that. But age is such a funny thing. Um, because first of all, we're, we're like counting the year as it has like already celebrated. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to get at there. But when I was looking back on my age and like thinking of all these big milestones that I hit turning 28, um, this is the first year where I really felt older than I feel like I am on the inside and wistful about turning another year older. You know, it somehow went from like, I'm 24 bitches to no, I'm 28. Like I can't, authentically say like 28 bitches the way that I would with like any other birthday growing up. Um, And that makes me a little sad. Um, But like I've said before, I know that growing older is a gift and a blessing. And honestly, I will never be as young as I am right now. So this is probably going to age like milk um, because when I turn 30 or 35 or 40, and if I listened to this and heard me rant for 40 minutes about how I feel old turning 28, I probably would want to like, you know, shake my shoulders and slap me out a bit because 28 is so young in retrospect of just the overall journey of life. But I think I just needed that time to kind of say goodbye to my younger 20s and even my mid-20s because I am shifting now into my late 20s, and it's just new territory. um. But part of me also thinks that maybe it has to do with these letters that I write to myself. I guess, I don't know if I've ever really talked about it on here, and I just recently shared it on my Instagram story, but... I since i was like a a teenager i started writing letters to my older self to open on her birthday and i got the idea actually from my mother because she did that for me when i was really young and she only did it like once or twice but i wished she kept up with it so i did it for myself and at like 15 16 years old i would just randomly choose an age like 25 50 67 not that old but like I wanted to make sure I had a letter to open on every single birthday, and I just, whenever I felt like telling somebody about my day or what I'm thinking, I would choose me at a different age and just write a letter, and it's been so cool to open these letters on my birthday and have a conversation with my younger self and hear about her problems or her excitements or her weekend that she had with her friends and I never know like what i'm reading before i open it what's really cool is for my 28th birthday i opened up a letter where i'm 17 and i'm talking about how i desperately want to get this music note tattoo when i turn 18 and i don't know if it's going to happen when i'm 18 or in my 20s but i just know it's going to happen and i smiled because little did she know a year later on my 18th birthday i would do just that and i did get the tattoo and now tattoos hold such a different meaning to me because it's how I met my partner Ashton and tattoos are like a daily conversation that we have he's a tattoo artist and um it just adds this emphasis and almost this cosmic connection in a way like reading this letter about how badly I like want tattoos when I'm older because that is part of my life path in a way and I think I was talking about some other stuff. Oh, I, I always, like, ask myself questions or I have, like, predictions, like, about where I'm going to be in life and if I'm, you know, seeing anyone or if I'm a mom yet. And, you know, younger me, I I think, thought I would be a mom a lot sooner. So it's interesting to read these letters, but it warms my heart and it's a way for me to keep my younger self alive. And it's just been so surreal and... um. I actually ended up writing a letter to open on my I believe it's 38th birthday now um, it's not it's not too late like right now, even though even though you hadn't written a letter to your younger self when you were a teenager, like you can still write a letter to yourself in to open in a year, three years, five years because it will always still be cool to look back on like when you're 50 if you have a letter written from when you're 25. And I also wrote letters to myself to open um, when I graduated college, when I get married, when I have like my my first book is published because I really wanted to be a writer when I was younger. And I still have those letters that, like for big achievements, where I'm going to open one day. and it's just such a cool idea. and I'm really glad that I did that. So if you have some time or a lot on your mind, Choose an age in your head and just write to your older self and tell her everything you need to say. It's so cool and I'm so glad I have these letters. Um, and she, my younger self in these letters, she makes me think about these things that I want to do in my life or hope to achieve. And now turning 28, like I'm, I'm thinking of things that I'd want to achieve by 28 because she asked me about it. And you know things that i would want to do this year or in my 20s and genuinely like when i think about accomplishments or what would i like to achieve in my 20s i do honestly feel like i've luckily accomplished a lot of what i would hope to accomplish in my 20s you know like i bought a house i paid off my student debt i have come to a place of peace and acceptance with my sexuality I have found a secure partner that I love more than anybody I've ever met in my whole life. And it's like this type of love where I don't think I would understand it if I hadn't been in all these other relationships or met other people. Not like you ever compare love to other stuff, but it just makes me realize the depth of like, oh, like I actually didn't feel this way about other people. And that's why I know that I I feel like Deeply for you, and I can't help it. Um, And I uh, have traveled like to all these places. I I still have so many places to travel to. Like, I haven't left the country yet, and it's terrifying now. I was probably bold enough to do it 10 years ago, but now I'm a little more timid. Um, But I was able to travel to a lot of new places uh, in my 20s. Like, California has become probably my most visited state and my most comfortable state and I would go there multiple times per year and hey I'm going there in a few weeks now so cannot wait for that um career wise I feel like I've hit milestones that I've always dreamed of hitting you know like surpassing 100k on YouTube and earning that that silver plaque play button um doing YouTube full-time, doing social media full-time, that is a crazy dream that I fantasized about at like 19 years old. And even before then, when I was in middle school and high school, I was always the one that wanted to make YouTube music videos or post to YouTube. And I did. I did have a YouTube channel in sixth grade. And honestly, I was killing it, not gonna lie. Um, But as most of us that were sixth graders around the early days of YouTube my parents found out and my mom made me delete my channel and there went my dream of being an OG youtuber but like the passion has been there since the start of the platform and when I was a freshman in college at 19 that's when I really could not hold back anymore and just wanted to post YouTube videos more than anything in the world and I'm so glad I did and when I first started it was interesting because most of my high school friends at the time were like, "This makes sense. I'm not surprised. Like, you look like a YouTuber, not like that, but like based on my personality, I guess." I wish I remembered how they phrased it, but like, they just, I guess, know they know me the best. And growing up, I was always the one that was like, "Should we make a a music video?" And like, I loved editing and making those types of videos that we all made on YouTube at the time or those like i stop motion music videos to like Kesha. Yeah, I was really into that. So, I don't think anybody that grew up with me was that surprised that I started posting videos to YouTube. Um, but being able to turn that into a career has been a dream that we didn't even really know knew existed until it just became what it is today, but I'm very I think my younger self would be very proud of everything that I've turned YouTube into and somehow making it my full-time job, you know, and then some, like I'll give OnlyFans the credit that it needs because I would not be here today without that. But um, like thinking about everything I want to achieve in my 20s, I feel like I already luckily have been able to achieve a lot. And when I think about it, the only big things left that come to mind would be probably be like the the cliche of getting engaged or getting married or having kids but like do I want to do that necessarily in my 20s the kid thing no 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 not for me but I did always picture myself married before 30 and with that creeping up on me. I am getting slowly like a little stressed if I think about it, but I don't know if it's just like a society pressure put on women that it's like we should be married by that age because of like how in history it was more so, I don't know how to phrase this correctly, but like Because it wasn't a woman's purpose in history, but women often married a lot younger in history because that was kind of, well, at some points that was the only thing we were legally able to do. Like, women couldn't even open a bank account without her husband for much of history. It's been only recently that, like, I don't know. I don't want to go down that path because, honestly, I'm a little too brain dead. I don't want to get facts wrong. But I think because traditionally women used to marry so young, there's still this like weird abnormal abnormality to it that feels like we should be married if we're not by a certain age. But I don't know, I don't know if that's just my own headspace telling me or feeling guilty, but I I also like remember the... Ki- Now, this is a deep memory, and I don't know if anybody else will remember this, but I remember seeing the People magazine cover of Kim Kardashian when she turned 30 years old, and on the cover next to her photo, in quotes, was her saying, I always thought I'd be married by now. And like the whole People magazine was this interview about Kim and how she wasn't where she thought she'd be in life at 30 and she wished she was married. And that has stuck with me forever because that must have been the moment when I realized, oh, I'm supposed to be married before I'm 30. And I do think that depending on when your parents got married is how you kind of view the ideal age of marriage. I've noticed this with friends growing up where if their parents got married in their later 20s. They, their concept of when would be the perfect age to get married most likely would be in their late twenties because that's what their parents did. And that's all that they they ever knew in the early ages of life and like grasping conceptual ideas like that. Or if your parents got married in their thirties, you might think, oh, I want to get married later on in life so that I can like, um, like get to a place in my career first. But, and I'm also curious if that fact like checks out you know, with your own thoughts on when would be the perfect age to get married compared to when your parents got married, if they did get married. Um, But growing up, I always thought I need to get married super young because in my mind, that was normal. My parents got married very quickly after high school. And as a kid, 18, 19, 20 years old sounds old. So when my parents are telling me when they got married, around those ages, I'm thinking that's a grown up. And slowly, as I start to get closer to being 18 years old and realizing, oh my God, I I, I could not be someone's wife right now. Um, or being 20 and thinking of like being married. I mean, even now at 28, my mom had like what two and a half kids at this point and has been married for. 10 years, I am at such a different place in life. Like, I'm not ready for that step. So, um, maybe I don't like grow. Oh, what I was getting. Okay. Sorry. My, it's so hard. I lose my train of thought sometimes when I do this podcast because these sentences become so long. But what I was saying is when I was younger, I always thought I would be married younger than the age I am now, um, but as I slowly got to, like, age 24 or 25 and I realized, wait, I don't actually, like, want to be married at this point or it's just not in the cards for me, I do wonder if that's going to happen with 30. Um, but, hey, I still have about two years left, so who knows what would happen, but I know I can't rush what's meant to be and, like, what's meant to happen and everything will just unfold and happen just as it should, um... Like, I remember when I wanted to be married at, like, 23 and, you know, things changed and I no longer want that. So, this could change too, but I don't know. Like, at least I'd like to be engaged before 30. Please. I I know this isn't the most important thing, but I want to look back on my engagement and wedding photos and think, oh my gosh, look at how young I look. And I just want as many years as I can. With my forever person, so why wouldn't I I don't know it's just one of those things where when I think about it, I know that I want I picture myself at a certain age. um and maybe like for those that have like wanted kids, you guys probably always are able to picture yourself a certain age as a parent. I don't really want kids, so I don't really see that. but in terms of like marriage or at least getting engaged, I always thought that would happen in my twenties. And I know there's still time, and I can't rush it, and I know it's just divine timing or whatever, but I think that would be the only thing left on my my accomplishments, I guess, in my 20s that I would like to achieve is engagement, marriage, everything else I feel pretty satisfied with, so I guess that's pretty good, but yeah, I don't know. And hey, maybe... It, I shouldn't even be focusing too much on like lists like that or having like a deadline for accomplishments because so much can happen later on in life who really knows what's meant to be but and also one last thought maybe it's less about wanting to get engaged by that age and more so just having an intuitive feeling that I will because that's also a thing where like I just like know I'm going to end up at a certain place at a certain time or just having that gut feeling. So maybe it's more that. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I have 48 months left. Anything could happen. But um, besides that, the next big thing that I w- have on this list is Taylor Swift. So should we talk about Taylor Swift? Oh, wait. I have more. Sorry, I'm a little. All over the place tonight but i do want to make sure i talk about everything before i get to taylor because that's going to be like a whole section but um oh i did find some other things okay i wrote down how i'd love to pay off some new loans that i've gained in my late 20s you know like my car my mortgage a little bit of credit debt i would love to be able to pay that off i also have this like new desire to travel to Italy, which is very random. And I've never wanted to go there before, but I don't know. I kept seeing people traveling to Italy within the last couple of months. And then, um, Ashton and I really, really love wine. Specifically, I'm learning Italian wine and our favorite types of wine, like Monte, Monte or well, I think Barberas are French. Um, Chianti's. Let me look these up because he has introduced so many new types of wine. I used to be a strict Malbec Merlot gal. Um, but since being with Ashton, we have started drinking Chianti's a lot, which is Italian wine. And then I think Malte wine is Italian as well because we'll see these bottles and it obviously says like Italy on it and I think that's when I was like I want to go to Italy I want to drink authentic Italian wine um, and since I said that to Ashton I swear I've started to see it everywhere almost every single day not even on social media like I was talking to some people Last week, and they brought up how this girl couldn't make it because she was in Italy that week. Random, but I don't know. I just feel I feel like I'm meant to go there. So I think I would love to go to Italy. Um, it does scare me a little because I have a fear of flying over the ocean. Um, but if anything is going to get me over it, I guess it would be Italy and Italian wine. It just sounds like a dream. And I, for fun, just for shits and giggles, looked up flights to Italy before, and I got a little price range. Pricey, but hey, once in a lifetime trip, it would totally be doable. Um, Also, like how long a flight would be. I think the longest flight I've ever been on is four hours, three hours. So that is a little scary to think of as well. I do have a fear of long flights, but. I'm sure everything would be fine. Um, Other than that, I think the last thing I'd kind of want to do in my 20s is obviously get a new tattoo. Hopefully, more than just one, but um, yeah, I'd love to get as many tattoos as I can on my skin, like when my skin looks the best. So, like the youngest, the better, because when your skin starts to sag, the ankle move, you know how it is. Um, But I'm Fairly confident that I will achieve that one and get some pretty cool tattoos pretty soon. I have to wait until summer's over, though, because Ashton will not let me get a tattoo in summer. My skin is too tan. It's bad for the skin and the ink. It just won't stick as well because um, it's damaged skin, like when you have tan skin. So I have to wait until I'm pale again this winter, but then I'm getting tatted for sure. Okay. I think it's... I think it's time. Time to talk about Taylor Swift. So last Friday, I went to the Eras show, the Eras tour, night one in Minneapolis. And I think we should just do a little Taylor Swift tell all moment. I'm going to just rant about the evening, the concert, my experience, all of that. Um, And then if you do want to skip toward the end, I still have my list of TV shows and movies, so if you're curious to know what I've been watching and reading and my thoughts on that, just skip a couple 10-15 minutes I'm sure to that, but oh my gosh, June 23rd, I saw Taylor Swift live in concert and it was the best night of my life, so I had seen her before at 1989's tour in Chicago, but this was my first time seeing her in Minneapolis and I went with my friend Chelsea and Honestly, I was really worried about the night, anxious for so many different reasons. It's a really big event. I was kind of prepared for the worst in terms of traffic, in terms of lines, in terms of not getting home for hours. And overall, it went so well. We planned on leaving at like 4.30, no, 4, because... Openers started at 6.30, and we just had no idea how long it would take to get there with traffic, to get in line, Um, you know, because it's right as rush hour is starting. You're going downtown Minneapolis. It's also Pride weekend, so there's a lot of Pride festivities going on downtown. The highway was stopped a little bit. Like Once you got downtown, everybody was trying to get to Taylor. But luckily, Chelsea's mom dropped us off. We took the back roads. And we got to the stadium. She just pulled over to the side. We got out. We were in there before 5 PM. It took us less than half an hour to like do the whole thing. We had so much time, probably the perfect amount of time, honestly, because I was really worried about if we'd have time to take pictures before the show, get settled, maybe take a bathroom break. I didn't want to drink too much because I didn't want to have to pee during the show. But, I, you know, I would have liked a little time for a drinky drink or two um, while the openers were on, and I just wasn't sure if we'd have time. But um, there wasn't even, like, a line when we got there for security to wait in. We walked right through. We were able to get right into the doors of the stadium. It definitely got a little crowded inside of the stadium. I started to feel a little bit like I was at the state fair or, you know, like a sardine. But... Luckily, our section, we were in section 129, and it was kind of like its own corner of the US Bank Stadium. So, we, and you you could only get to that section if you were in the section. So, we had our own um, concessions, bar, bathrooms, and because it was so condensed to our corner, there weren't even lines. Like, I walked right up to the bartender and got a drink without waiting in line, same for french fries, saved so much time. I even got right into the bathroom to pee and had, I, this is how bold I was. We had 15 minutes before 8pm when Taylor goes, comes on and my friend Chelsea and I went to go pee because we knew we would be back in time and we were. So. I'm sure every single stadium is different. Every single section is different. Experience is different. And TikTok definitely prepared me for the worst. You know, like people were literally wearing diapers to the show so they wouldn't have to wait in line forever. People have videos where they were kicked out because they used the men's restroom. But it was really smooth and I'm so grateful for that. So we ended up having time to take as many pictures as we wanted outside and everyone was so nice. The energy of the stadium was like nothing before. Anytime Chelsea and I tried to take a selfie out front, we didn't even have to ask. Some girl would just start saying, do you want me to take the photo for you? And everyone was just helping each other out. There were like basically rows of people just getting their Instagram pics, their moment out front. Everyone looked so cute. The outfits were so fun to like decipher and see how creative people could be it's really fun when you see one that like doesn't quite click at first and then you're like oh they're supposed to be this or i saw a few like miss americanas i the the boys costumes were really fun like to see how creative the guys could get without because like you know you've got all the traditional like girl outfits and not like gender specific but like um I feel like the people that brought, like, their boyfriends or their dads, it was fun to see how they chose to be festive. Um, I saw, like, a lot of funny t-shirts with um, inside jokes or messages on them. I saw this one dad that was wearing, like, a collaged button-down of so many Taylor Swift pictures and moments throughout her career. I saw this one... um, guy in the You Belong With Me cheerleader outfit, and he was having a blast. He was dancing the whole night, such great energy, but it was really cool to see what everyone kind of like showed up as, and everyone was so like... Sweet and talkative. So many girls, like little girls, came up to Chelsea and I and were like, Can we trade bracelets with you guys? And so confident too. Like, I don't know if I would be that confident to come come up to like grown women when I was eight years old asking that question, but super sweet. So we traded so many bracelets. This girl gave Chelsea and I these like denim patches that you can iron onto a denim like jeans or jacket um with lyrics like taylor swift lyrics bedazzled on it um everyone was just i don't think i've ever talked to more strangers at a concert but no one felt like a stranger and i i guess that's just like what it feels like to be a taylor swift fan like we genuinely all felt so comfortable and happy and confident around each other and i wasn't like scared at all i saw a tiktok before the show that someone took of, like, the crowd at a Taylor Swift show, and their caption was something like, Taylor Swift's concert made me realize I'm not afraid of crowds, I'm afraid of men, because the majority of Taylor Swift's crowds is just women, (laughs) like, the gays and the gals, basically, and she's so right, whoever made that TikTok. Like, I felt so safe being in that crowd, and everyone just made me feel so okay and happy, and, like, present and we were just having the time of our freaking lives um i will say when i went to get my drink from the bar um they had very limited stuff and i didn't want a beer cuz it would make me have to pee too much so i just wanted like a glass of wine um their red and white wine was barefoot and i'm just past the point like i cannot do barefoot wine so i got prosecco cuz it was like a pretty nice brand and the bartender asked to see my id <laughs> So I give it to her, and she apologizes to me. Um, so I don't know how to feel about that. She literally took my ID and then was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. You do not look like you were born in '95," and gave it back to me. Like she apologized for having to ID me. So like, thank you, <laughs> I guess. And then when Chels got a drink too, she like didn't really ID us after that because we were together. And yeah, so I don't know. I've thought about this though because. I feel like when I do get ID'd, I'm offended because I got ID'd that I don't look old enough. But then when I don't get ID'd, I'm offended because I look too old. So I'll never win in that situation, but I thought it was funny and a little sad, especially because this was days after I turned 28 and I had that little like sad moment of turning 28 when she apologized because I don't look 28. So thanks for that. but. Um, yeah, time-wise, drink-wise, the best. Um, we had so much time to settle in, take photos, talk to our, our row neighbors. Um, I will mention, because I'm always so curious, and we were asking this question a lot to the people that were sitting around us. So for section 121 or 129 row four, which was four rows above the floor, and I wanted that first lower section because the floor is a mess, but that first section above the ground I thought would be perfect. Um, my tickets were $400 each. It was like 389 before tax. Um, but for the section and the once in a lifetime event and the Ticketmaster fiasco of just blacking out and buying whatever you could find, not bad. Like, honestly, not bad at all. And um, it's crazy how much some people paid for the same tickets in that section. Um, but I know that whenever I hear people or see stuff about Taylor Swift's show, I like, um, knowing and appreciate when they share how much the tickets were. So I just wanted to be transparent with that in case you were wondering, because I definitely did not pay thousands of dollars. I got the, the cheapest Ticketmaster option and I know people resold their tickets for a lot more, but luckily that was not the case. Um... And despite some people in my life telling me to, there's no way I could have sold my tickets um, to make some money. But other than that, the show was amazing. It's funny because this is probably the first concert in history that we all kind of like know the whole set list for, the dance moves, the line, everything, thanks to TikTok Lives. I've never been so prepared. I've never gone into a show and knew exactly what to expect, but in like an anticipating way. So... It was really cool though to see it all in person. I told Chelsea I was like, I feel like I'm inside TikTok right now. Like I cannot believe that it's my turn and I'm here. Um, so cool though. Some things that stuck out to me: the flames um, that shot out of God knows where. You could feel the heat. They had to be like huge flame thrower- throwers. Like my hair could have singed. It was hot. I don't know how they did that, but it was crazy. They had fireworks. Indoor fireworks, we had a closed stadium, the U.S. Bank Stadium's not open, which kind of sucked, but whatever. Um, I don't know how they had fireworks, but they still did fireworks inside. The confetti at the end of the finale after karma, magical, unreal, and the screaming. I sort of regret not bringing earplugs, but it was loud, and I'm genuinely surprised that my voice was not more gone the next day. It definitely hurt. I felt like I smoked a six pack of cigarettes the night before, but like I didn't, by the way, but like I was my voice was there more than I thought it would be and I was not going easy. Like I was screaming the whole night. Um it was so magical to see Taylor Swift perform these songs that I needed so badly when I was a preteen, when I was a teenager. Seeing her do her little dance and spin while she's playing guitar in the intro of fearless, that did something to my like to my heart. Like that was magical. Seeing her dance with Paul next to her, who has been by her side since the start was crazy. And I don't like love story, cruel summer, oh surprise songs. We got paper rings and um if this was a movie. Paper rings was such a win. I could not believe it. And I know I know Minneapolis Night Two won big time. They got Dear John. They got Daylight. They got Mama and Dad Swift walking around the floor. Um they had Hopper from Stranger Things. Random, but um I know two, Night Two killed they had midnight rain even, but night one was still pretty spectacular and magical and So many parts, like listening to Enchanted, seeing her in that dress. I remember being in ninth grade during the Speak Now tour and being so jealous I couldn't go because at that age, you're so helpless. Like, I wasn't even old enough to get a job yet. I couldn't afford to go to a concert. My parents were not the type of parents to buy me concert tickets or let alone go. They would never take me to a show like that. It's just, like, not their scene. Um... So I felt very helpless at this age because I had all these things I wanted to do, but as a child, you just cannot do them yet. Seeing Taylor Swift Fearless tour, seeing her Speak Now tour, those were big things that I dreamed of and I would see it on the news or like on Facebook and just wanted it so badly that it's so nice as an adult now that I'm able to take myself there to have her come out in the sparkling glittery dress just like in her speak now tour and to sing and like have the whole stadium turn purple it was so cool I like I literally could cry um yeah so it was a very magical night and I can't believe it's over you definitely get like this not like concert depression but like Like this, I have to see her again after the show. And I know I won't for a while because, hell, it was expensive. But also, it's going to be impossible to get tickets. And I'm not about to even try to get tickets to Europe because I do think it's not fair for Americans when, like, the Europeans have less shows. And they've literally made TikToks being like, if you're in America, do not try to take our tickets. Like, let them have a chance. So... I don't know, and people are like speculating that Taylor might never go on another tour again. This could be it, and I really hope that's not the case. So if it's not, I'll see her again, I guess, but I guess if it is, what a way to go because this was by far the most iconic concert in history. It broke records. I mean, she always does, but this is the most attended concert ever. Um, I cannot wait for the documentaries to come out about it, but yeah. Um, That was the show. I'm trying to think. Oh, it was so weird because I actually, it was summer. It was, no, it wasn't summer. It was two days after summer solstice for her show. So it was so weird because most of the show was in daylight. Like it didn't get dark until like 10 PM. So seeing these live streams of her concerts from like April, um, when it was like in this dark stadium, It's such a different experience than just a bright, well-lit stadium watching her do the Reputation Era or even just the opener, like, with the clock counting down. It's not like a pitch black stadium with that screen. It's bright as heck. So it was, like, a different experience for sure, but, like, I remember looking out of the roof and being like, it's still light outside, Um, but... I remember for her 1989 tour, my friend and I went to Soldier Field in Chicago and that is an open stadium and it was such a crazy moment because we watched the sunset while she was playing um, songs from, I can't remember the song, if I, ha- I have it in my journal because I wrote it down in 2016 what song she was singing as the sun was setting and it was like the perfect, most Surreal experience. Um, so I think about that, but you know, close stadium this time. So that didn't happen. Uh, leaving the venue, Chelsea and I prepared for the worst. I told Ashton, he was picking us up. He um, was taking my car to pick us up from the stadium. I kind of just told him to drive in the direction as far as he could, and Chelsea and I were going to walk. Away from the stadium as far as we could, but like expect the worst and um it was so crazy outside. People literally brought blankets and were just sitting. People left the concert early trying to get a head start, but it was probably one of the biggest crowds I had been in in a while um and there were a lot of like police and traffic controllers and buses and limousines even. I'm thinking who brought a limo here cuz it's not Taylor's team. I know that. They're much more discreet with like SUVs. Plus, I think Taylor left before any of us even got out of the stadium. Um, but we just like the plan was just literally walk as far away from the stadium as possible and then Ashton would pick us up and drive us home. Um We walked probably six blocks, like three or four blocks one way, and then we turned and walked another three or four four blocks down. Ashton said that, honestly, the streets were not that bad until a few blocks before the stadium, and then he just halted to a stop and didn't move, and we just walked to him. Um, Now, rookie mistake that everybody did based on traffic and based on what Highway 35 looked like, everybody got on the freeway, and they just stopped. We went pretty far. I mean, I don't want to give away anyone's city of where they live, but we dropped off Chelsea and we took a side street that goes all the way down for like 20 minutes and there was nobody on it. And it was kind of close to the highway. So if you look over at certain times, you can see how stock the highway was still. Um, But yeah, luckily we we're very familiar with, you know, our hometown and our area. So Ashton just had to stay like halted for a couple of blocks, but as soon as we got in that car, as soon as we made it to the corner of that block's intersection, we just turned around and got out of there. And Chelsea was back home before 1 a.m. And she told her husband, don't expect me home until 2 or 3 a.m. Because we had no idea how long it would take. But again, like best case scenario, I guess. Like everything, I just was prepared for the worst. Not like the worst, but just prepared to be stuck for a while in a crowd and everything went so smoothly so I couldn't have asked for a better eras tour experience it went so well and I'm so grateful for the people that helped make that night possible like for Chelsea's mom to drive us there for Ashton to pick us up for like even um like oh I, I don't want to share too much but like there was just a lot that had to come together exactly as it did to make that night as it was, and it did, and I'm so grateful. Oh, I made a note. I was going to talk about our outfits too because Chelsea and I, we didn't go like really out there with what we wore, but obviously we wanted to like be fun and festive. My whole thing was I wanted an outfit that I could wear to the Eras Tour, but I could also wear to another event because I didn't want to buy something that is so costume aesthetic that I couldn't wear it again. Um, But I wanted something that felt like, you know, a little country, like a little debut, a little... um I was going to say um fearless, but I don't know. I honestly, it was very last minute, but my dress is from Lucy in the Sky. It was this online store. I was looking for months, but like A couple weeks ago I found it. It's like a purple dress with little flowers on it. So very lavender haze. Um, But I think the dress itself looks more debut tailor. So it's cute. It's like more of a subtle theme, but I'm able to wear it again. It was, I think, like $70. The dress fits so well. I love Lucy in the Sky. That brand, I had never heard of them until I was scoping the whole internet to try to find outfits this summer, Um, but it fits so well if you're petite. Their dresses are, like, pretty short, but because I'm only 5'2", it fits so well. Um, Yeah, and I just feel like my body type is, like, big in some areas, but small and flat in other areas, so it's hard sometimes to find dresses that fit my body well without, like, gaping in the boob area or whatever but Lucy in the Sky fits my body type perfectly so I'm really glad that it worked out um but that was my heirs tour experience and update and I genuinely like don't even know what to look forward to now that that's over because it was such a like I was looking forward to that for almost a year um but what's crazy is literally I think the next no, like, day of the concert, because I was working on it at the show, I got invited to um, a concert through, like, an event thing here in Minneapolis later this summer. I don't want to give away too much, but it was one of those, like, opportunities where if I promote it, they'll give me tickets, which is crazy, and I do want to be transparent with that, because this is probably the biggest event so far that I have been invited to just based on my platforms alone. And I don't take that for granted, and I don't take it lightly. And I got four tickets, so I'm really grateful that I'm able to bring like as many people as I can to experience this. Um, but it's crazy and divine timing, because it happened like literally the day of the Taylor Swift concert for next month. So I'm really looking forward to that show. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Ashton got us Yolklore tickets as well for August, so I guess I do have things to look forward to, but nothing will probably top Taylor Swift for a long time. (laughs) Oh, that's a hiccup. (laughs) I don't know why I felt the need to explain it. I feel like it's very obvious, but I've definitely been talking for a while nonstop because I get the hiccups when I talk a lot. Um, but other than that, I have the last bit of this weekly recap catch-up, this FaceTime catch-up, because I do feel like this just feels like a FaceTime call when you've had so much going on in your life with your friend for, like, a few weeks, and there's so much to catch up on. But the one last thing that I did want to share from, like, the last week or two is that this last Sunday, Ashton and I went to some open houses. Um, We started doing, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but We've started doing that on summer Sundays lately. Um, it's really just nice to see what's out there in the market. I've always loved looking at open houses and he is slowly but surely in the process soon to purchase a home. So we kind of just want to see what is out there and get a feel for what he's looking for Um But this Sunday, there was actually an open house going on for somebody that I grew up with. I saw him kind of promoting it on his social medias, and I thought it would be fun to surprise him and stop by. The house itself was in the perfect location for what we were looking for, and it looked really promising. So it was so nice to see somebody from my past. You know, I think I joked about it a little bit with the Maynards episode of running into people from high school when you don't want to, but it was really nice to run into somebody that I... Um, like, wanted to see or like planned to see, and it was someone that, um, like I'd known my whole life. And I have a very special place in my heart for the people that I went to school with because I went to a school with the same grade from preschool to 12th grade. So I grew up with these kids, and, um, I keep it kind of, like, locked away for the most time. Like, they're tucked away, but they're safe, like, in my memories is what I'm saying. So I don't really open that door often, but it is really nice to see somebody that knows a version and a part of my past and me that nobody else will understand. I'm getting way too freaking deep about this, but um, I was really excited to say hey and catch up a little bit and... It is so wild talking to somebody from your high school because, I mean, I've run into him a couple of times, but we were just talking about, like, updates of other people in our grade and what's up with, you know, so-and-so, and and I found out that somebody literally just had a baby, like, a few days prior, and he had a picture on his phone. So I'm, like, literally looking at this child of a, a kid that I grew up with, and it's hard to wrap your brain around, um... And it was, like, with another person from my high school, too, which is also mind-blowing. Because we should not be this old where we're married and having babies. And it's just so crazy to think about. Because in my mind, these people will always be, like, 17. Or they will always be in second grade. Like, the way that I see them is how they looked when we were growing up. Um, Because that's how they've, like, formed in my mind. So it's just a hard concept to, like think about that we are like just somebody's mom or dad now or like husbands or wives and it's even sadder knowing that some people um, have passed away since we've graduated and I get in my head about this a lot because my alma mater and how I grew up is really important to me and almost like like, it was such a bubble at the time, and I'm glad that I'm out of it, but I do keep the people that were in there safe and tucked away in my mind, and I don't know. It was really nice to um, catch up with somebody that I grew up with and hear about people in our grade and how everyone is doing, and there was some major tea, too, that I found out, so that was crazy to hear about. I feel like I can't say more on this podcast, but even just being in that open house was like connected to my past and my high school and it blew my mind but I was telling another high school friend later that day about it and she said that it felt cosmic or she was like that literally sounds cosmic um and I think she's right and I know I'm being so vague but it was really cool and then Ashton and I made a quick stop at one of our favorite antique stores after H&B Gallery in Uptown um I do really recommend this shop if you're in Minneapolis. I know that I've talked a lot about antiquing and different shops. This one is more, uh, what's the word? They look for more like upscale items, I'd say. It's It's slightly pricier, but it's a pretty big building and you always find very unique things there. Ashton got these giant calligraphy brushes when we went um, that were in these beautiful boxes. So it's fun to look around. Always a good time at an antique store. So We stopped at there, but that is my very long and overdue two weekly recaps of my 28th birthday and Taylor Swift. Thank you so much for being my friend and listening to this because I really did need to just vent to like a bestie about it. Um, Okay, final section of this podcast episode, TV shows and movies. Y'all, I am deep into Manifest right now. I am addicted to watching it and I don't always have time to watch it. Um, But if I let myself, I would be watching episodes before bed until I pass out. I think I'm on season two because Cal had, like, a huge growth spurt suddenly, like, in between episodes where I was like, wait, is this the same actor? Um, But, hey, when you cast, like, a preteen boy, they, they grow quick. So, yeah, I think I'm on season two. But I'm finally like really hooked in it. Like my nails are dug deep into the show. I It's funny because it's kind of unexpectedly scary sometimes. And I'm like home alone, watching it at night. And then randomly, it's like a jump scare. Um, so it can be a little scary. But it's not thriller or horror type of scare. It's just like a drama with some sort of like telepathic, unexplainable things that happen that are kind of scary because they're seen as um, unexplainable phenomenons. Uh, But it's so good. And it's on Netflix. So if you need something to binge, I think it's pretty easy to get into. For some reason, it makes me cry. Like it won't even be that sad and I will be sobbing. So that might be more of a personal problem, but it is a drama show. So they've got you with the feels for sure. I also finally watched the Bama Rush documentary on Max. I had been wanting, I've been curious about this documentary thanks to the trailer on TikTok. It was pretty hyped up. Ashton and I watched it. I had never seen Ashton more frustrated from a documentary than this. After it was over, like he went down a rabbit hole on Reddit. He was reading and laughing out loud at some of these reviews. He found the the like director's instagram and was was reading the comments that people left on her posts because unfortunately it got really bad reviews and she turned her comments off and so he i've never seen him more passionate about getting like to the heart of like a documentary but that just goes to show how awful it was part of me wants to say like see it for yourself so that you understand But don't waste your time at the same time because the trailer was so skewed from the actual documentary The trailer tells you more about Bama Rush than the movie itself. It's so surface level. They don't cover anything that you would expect. Half of the girls halfway through the documentary just drop out and don't want to be part of it anymore. And there's this unique and unsuccessful thing that the director of this movie did. She placed herself into the documentary and made her story part of the documentary story, but it didn't work well. Like... She couldn't tie the the thing that happened to her when she was younger to Bama Rush when she wasn't even part of it, but she was trying to. And, you know, the whole, like, what's the, like, um, cliffhanger of, like, the machine that we see in the trailer. What is the machine? Can we talk about the machine in sororities? And the girls get quiet and they say they can't talk about it. There's They don't talk about it. There's nothing about it. I think sororities and fraternities have a history of being pretty fucked up. And they could have done a really dark deep dive documentary on some of the darker cases, on some of the hazing stories, on some of the secret societies, on honestly racist issues. They very lightly cover how, what was it, 2013 was when Alabama finally, like, allowed people of color to be in the same sorority or something like that it's crazy down there in the south but um yeah they could have made this like really dark deep dive on sorority culture but they didn't like the documentary sucked um so take my word for it cuz i don't want you to have to waste um, a prime or a max free trial or just, honestly, the hours of your life. Ashton was very upset by it. He, like, immediately went to IMBD reviews and um, Rotten Tomatoes, I think. And then her Instagram. So, he didn't like it at all. I didn't like it either. It's not what the trailer looks like. We also watched Howl's Moving Castle for the first time, which was very good. I love those films by that director. Oh, gosh. What is his name? You know, Spirited Away. Um... Coyo, I think, was the fish one. I can't remember his name now. Kiki's Delivery Service, though, will forever be my favorite film by this director. But, yeah, we had never seen Howl's Moving Castle. So we watched that. Really good. Kind of confusing. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. It definitely was like a feel-good movie. And then, let's see. Oh, we also watched Black Mirror, the new season on Netflix. Ashton and I watched that. Again, kind of sucked. Um, I've seen some really funny TikToks about it, um, where like something about like me after watching the first episode of Black Mirror, me after watching episode two, and then deciding to turn it off, and someone was like, just wait till you get to episode three. There were four episodes that came out for Black Mirror, and they were OK they definitely were not the best season um i will say i love kate mara and she was in the astronaut one i think it was episode two so i appreciated the episode for her because i love her so much but other than that not good at all i guess the first one was like pretty meta like the jonah's awful one with the netflix show um yeah meta in theory made sense kind of kind of good and it just went downhill from there the last one oh my god what was that the third one though i literally was joking during that episode with ashton saying like oh no it's a full moon like she's going to turn into a werewolf and then she fucking does and i'm like what is this it was weird it was bizarre um yeah not the best and then I think the other night we started Keep Breathing on Netflix. I had never heard of it. I think it's more of just like a low-key TV show on Netflix that didn't really get a lot of popularity um, coverage. Um, I don't know what it is about watching like these plain disaster type of content lately, but basically it's the show about this girl that... um, takes a small plane with these two guys at the airport because her flight got delayed or canceled or whatever so she was like please like let me go on your flight um she takes she goes on their plane they crash and she's stuck on this island and it's like a survival show we're only four episodes in honestly it feels like a covid film because the cast is one person um but it is interesting and kind of like cool to see how creative Movies and TV shows have gotten during a time of production when you had to really cut back on staff and actors and um, people helping out. But yeah, it kind of feels like Naked and Afraid, um, Survivor, Castaway, if Castaway was a woman. I don't know. It's like not amazing, but it's not bad. Like I do want to keep watching it. So I guess I'll let you know how it goes. But so far, pretty good show to just have on. We fell asleep to it though, so we're only a couple episodes in, but that is everything that we have watched these last few weeks. Um, TV show, or, oh my gosh, not TV shows, books. I'm still reading Firefly Lane, but I'm very deep into it halfway through, soaking it up. So sweet. I'm so glad to be back in like that world of Tully and Kate again and I just don't want them to, like, I want to keep them alive. I will say I feel like the TV show did such a good job at bringing them to a TV screen. Now, I know I'm only halfway done with the book, and it's not, it hasn't gotten sad yet, but in terms of, like, nostalgia energy, the TV show definitely nailed it. Like, I don't want to say that the TV show is better than the book because maybe I just watch the show first and that's why I think that and I'm not done with the book, but the book doesn't really have me the way that the show did. Like I, I'm not as connected. I don't know. Again, I'm only halfway done with it. It's still an amazing book, but time is moving so differently in the book versus the TV show. It's making me wonder like where is the plot going because You know, some parts of the TV show that was, like, a whole season is just a chapter. And they're they're already, like, graduated college So in the book. But I feel like I haven't really gotten to the heart of the story yet. So I don't know. I'm curious. It's been my pool read this week. Um, But I actually am joining a book club as well. So I bought um, the book The The Maid by Nita Prose? Nina Nina, Nita Prouse, I think is her name. I got it the other day at Barnes & Noble. I used my birthday coupon. I got a $5 off for my birthday, uh, luckily. So I just got it the other yesterday, actually. It looks really good. I'm glad that we chose that book to start with. It's kind of like, it looks like it's a classic whodunit type of tale where the maid at this hotel finds a dead body. And I think she's getting accused of like being the killer. So she needs to solve the mystery before people think it's her. I'm not sure. That's just based on the back of the book. But um, yeah, it looks like a really good read. So I'm excited to read that. And because it's for this book club that I'm in, it's holding me accountable to actually read it quickly but then also it makes me feel more validated for needing time to read because that's something that I also put to the side and easily talk myself out of now with like if I want time to read I'll edit instead or I'll clean like I'll think of something else where I'm like no this is more important that I have to do but now because it's for book club I feel like I have to read it's like I'm working so I'm glad that I have like a more valid reason to make time to read. Um, It was funny because Ashton went to Barnes & Noble with me and when I was buying this, he was like, oh, it's like you're in school, like you have a textbook. And I feel that way, but I, I miss the structure. Like I did strive in school. Like I loved being in high school and I loved reading for school. I loved homework. Like I loved like doing a good job and I'm glad that I, I have assignments now. Like I have to read this book and I have to talk about it. So it does kind of remind me of like high school English class. But hey, that was my favorite subject. So that must be why. But I think that's everything that I wanted to catch up on. On kind of like this big roundup catch up FaceTime episode. Thank you so, so much if you're still listening. I know that I just ranted about so much tonight. But I really did need this. Um, I spend most of my time... Most of my day is not even speaking out loud unless it's to my cats or unless Ashton calls me in the evenings. But when I'm home during the work weekend, if I'm not filming a video, there's a lot of silence. And I think that's part of as to why I really wanted to start this podcast back up because it gets me talking to someone, even if it's just myself. Like, I think it's healthy for me to be chatting like this, so... And it helps my mind process things out loud as well. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen and choosing this episode. Please follow my Instagram and the podcast Instagram. Give it a five-star rating and follow on whatever platform you're listening to. But wow, this is such a long episode too. And I didn't even have like a core subject. Um, But yeah, have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll chat with you guys next week. Bye.